Now here's those boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs> All right, here we go now, live from the Les Schwab Studios. Unless you're listening to us on a tape device, then we're not live on tape. Nonetheless, he's Ron, I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by, you guys. We really do appreciate you. And they heard your plea. Now you have three three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. And in fact, uh, coming up here, I just had somebody uh, reach out to me that's in the Ron and Don Nation, and they sell respirators. Uh, we are going to talk about the fact that the world now needs respirators, and what are we going to do about that? Also, if you're like me, and you're too, you know what, let's, can we, let's stop the program right here, right now. Stop the show. Because if anyone's going to get the 19, it's this guy right here. Why? Because, you know, and I don't know why you don't tell me this, Ron, I... I have gone back. I've looked at some tapage of both you and I over the years, and I am a face toucher. I touch my nose. I touch my ears. I consistently, and I don't know what it is, I rub my nose. I rub my face, and that is the number one thing that you're not supposed to do right now. Well, you're not alone. Uh, Civic Science did a poll of thousands, uh, 5,683 Americans. How many? 5,683. All right. A full 68% yeah. said that it is difficult to avoid touching your face. I'm in the same boat. Are you? I'm, I'm just going to say this and, and say it proudly. I'm a lifelong allergy sufferer. I pick my nose from time to time. You do. If I I'm see. driving, you've yeah. seen it. I've seen it. It's because I have a, a severe, pretty severe hay fever. And you just, you got to clean it out. You got to keep it clean. You pick, you roll, and you flick. And you, you use a Kleenex, get it out of there. Mm-hmm. And so that's bad for the this virus and i also like to like i like to get the crusties out of the corner of my eyes and and, uh, same thing with allergies you tend to rub your eyes because Mm -hmm. you get allergens in the air so only uh only nine percent of those uh polled said yeah it's easy when they told me to not touch my face i just don't touch my face anymore i think some people that wear lots of makeup get used to not touching their face uh, because it always messes up the makeup. I'm going to start wearing makeup. Uh, but everybody else, uh, 22% said, yeah, it's been a little bit hard, but 68% are struggling like you do. And But if you here's the thing. If you need to touch your face, wash your hands for 20 seconds, yeah. and then uh, you can touch your face. Mm. How, what are you doing for the 20 seconds? You know what? I just, while you were talking, I just, and I know that I did this, I just touched my face four times. Right. Which means I probably usually usually touch it oh, eight to ten times. times. You think so? Oh, hundreds of times a day. Yeah, and and so when I, when I'm what I'm trying to do now, and I'm 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 trying to stand more uh, in an athletic stance, and then with my arms crossed, so I look a little like John Wayne, and also a little bit like an older John McEnroe. What do you think? I was thinking John Madden. <laughs> Really, with the arms crossed like that. No, it's it, it, that, that has probably been the toughest thing for me. And then I, I made a big mistake, and I told my son, I'm like, hey, we this is a family where we don't touch our faces anymore. And I said, you see Charlie over there? And, and, and he's like, yeah. And I said, well, that's what we're going to do. Now he's keeping score. So that's good. every time I touch my face, he's in the back seat because he's still a back seat rider at the age of nine. Dad! 
because you don't even know. What's the prize here? What's that? Does he win money or does he win? Uh... No, I'm just, I, I just, I, every once in a while, I ask him to remind me about something and then I get really upset with myself for asking him to remind me about something because he is like the face police now. Does uh, does he do the 20 second wash? Because after I read that article about Raspberry Beret yeah. being exactly 20 seconds, so sometimes I'm doing the Raspberry Beret. Yeah. I also timed uh, the way that you use it by Eric Clapton. It's in the way that you... Do you remember that song? That song popped in my That's head. That's awesome, like, Ron. That one's 20 seconds. And then uh, some, I, I was watching a video and like, don't forget your thumbs. Yeah. So now... I put the soap on, mm. I do the interlace, and then you do the thumb. Nice. You do both thumbs and yeah. then each finger for about half a second. That's 10 seconds right there. We're a little so, paranoid at my house. So we have been doing uh, a lot of electric-like orchestra. And mm. then we've also been doing a lot of Stairway to Heaven. I got to say, I, I, I daily, multiple times a day, I think about all the folks in the restaurant industry in Seattle because... We live in a city that has such great diversity in restaurants, and we take it for granted. So on any given night of the week, if you live in within the sound of our voices here, you can get great Thai food. You can get great Italian food. You can get great seafood. And the list goes on and on with the variety and the quality of food. Most restaurant workers are really grinders. You know, they, they are, are, work in, in lots of different restaurants. It's difficult work. You're on your feet all day. Uh, you're doing handling knives all day. You're processing food, working the line. It is long, hot, sweaty work. Uh, and we, we get the, the fruits of their labor. And for restaurants to just be closed. And you think of all the small music venues. Uh, when we were lived here, we, we don't do it much now. But back in the day, we'd go to a blues band. You and I would meet up and go see live music in Pioneer Square or in Belltown, wherever we'd go to the pool hall, uh, maybe you just meet socially in, in some sort of live environment. And so all of that stuff is gone. Uh, even gyms, you, you've been... Well, it's not gone. It's it's just... Well, it's, it's prohibited right now. Yeah, it's prohibited. But yeah, my, not gone. My point being, it's not gone, but my point being is those are all hourly employees, with very little benefits uh, most of the time. Uh, I know uh, bigger operations like Tom Douglas, he's taken some extraordinary steps, but he also has the, 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 the benefit of scale. You know, he has uh, restaurants and uh, operations that um, have made pretty good revenue. If you have 12 restaurants, so you just close, then you, yeah. have, you have 12 restaurants. He has a little bit in reserve. Lots of saying. employees. That's lots of bills that are still still, sure. com- still coming your way. Absolutely. So, but, so, I mean, so I don't know if I would want to be in the restaurant business at scale right now. And you see that with Ethan Stoll, who's also right. closed all his restaurants except for two. And in those two restaurants, it's because they're in a shared building, I think, in a hotel motel. Many of these restaurants right now are trying to figure out how can we do a canless dish and we talked about them in episode 79 on the, on the front of but, the Seattle Times. This is a five-star restaurant that went out and created a drive-thru and said, yeah. you know what? We're, we're going to sell we're sandwiches. sandwiches. We're going to sell sandwiches and French fries and ice cream sandwiches for $5. We're, it's the spirit of whatever it takes in Seattle right now. Because I was just downtown. A, I got a parking space right away. It is a ghost town. If you think of the corridor, the Pike Pine Corridor, uh, the, from the waterfront, from the Ferris wheel up, through the market into downtown. We could do the same thing for Bellevue. You can you can name your downtown corridor. They the, there are hundreds of businesses 
absolutely dependent on foot traffic. Oh, thousands. And, yeah. and, and maybe even thousands. And then each of one of those employers has multiple employees. So you think about the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that are suffering right now from this that don't have... Uh, that they, they, they live paycheck to paycheck that are looking it's like, oh, my God, rent's coming up here in a couple of weeks. What am I going to do? Uh, how, how am I going to survive this if, if I can't work uh, until April? You know, if they're saying April 24th is when schools go back into session uh, down in San Francisco, if you've been reading the papers down there, they're doing a shelter in place order. There's only one more step to go, and that is you have to prove to law enforcement that you need to be out of your house. Mm. And so there's six counties in San Francisco six that, million have, people, that yeah. have sheltered in place. Uh, if you're an hourly worker, um, what do you do? Yeah. What, what is your, your biggest concern right now? Uh, and let's step outside of Seattle. As you, as you look at the United States, as you look at the world economy, what, what's... What, What's your biggest concern? Well, my biggest one, and people hopefully have seen this graphic by now, uh, where it's uh, it's an X and a Y axis, and you have one giant roller coaster looking hump on the left. It's usually orange. There's a dotted line in the middle, and then a blue hump on the bottom. That's the one that's that's interesting to me because what it's saying is the dotted line is the maximum number of beds and respirators and healthcare workers, the hospital industrial system, that's the maximum number of people they can handle. It's 973,000 in the country right now. For the entire country yeah. is 300 million and they, people. And they, and they say if this pandemic continues at the rate it, it is accelerating in the United States, they'll need 2.1 million beds. So about a million beds short. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that graphic I think is easy to understand where it's like if we do social distancing – if we basically self-quarantine for the most part for 14 days, which is the incubation period of this virus, that we can try to keep our... There, there's no way to stop this. You're, we're just trying to contain it and keep it under that Mendoza line where it overwhelms the healthcare system. There are some very smart people working in the Seattle area, which is really an epicenter of, of healthcare services and cancer research and a lot of medical research that are working on, on vaccines and they're doing like genetic coding on this thing. And so trying to do it that one of the, the fascinating things, I know we're going a little bit long in this segment. One of the fascinating things I read about or saw a video on from Vox.com of why these viruses tend to always emanate from China is they they do a whole video. Maybe I'll see if, see if I can find it and link it in, in our show notes. They happen in what they call wet markets is where these viruses emerge. China through the years when they were dealing with a, a population of over a billion people and food scarcity made it legal to do farming of exotic animals for food sources. And so these wet markets will bring all these vendors together and the cages will be very, very close or even stacked on top of each other when they're processing meat in these wet markets, as they're called. You can have chickens next to, I don't even know what the name of the scaly animal was. This particular virus, they believe, jumped from two species, two humans, through one of these wet markets. And so you go back to some of the biggest pandemics going back, I think the N1H1 virus as well out of China, 
because these wet markets with the number of mouths they need to feed in China are huge. And they're, they're sort of encouraged, they have been encouraged by the Chinese government as a way for people to bring themselves out of poverty to do these breeding of these different exotic meats that people then eat in these, in these wet markets. And that's why the cross-contamination is rampant there. And so there is an outcry now for China to crack down and to do away with the wet market uh, programs and to do away with these exotic animals used as food sources uh, for people and, and to really stop that practice because several of the last big pandemics have emerged out of China specifically to these wet markets. Yeah. All right, let's talk about flattening the curve because we heard that a lot. What does that mean? And why is it so important to flatten the curve? Also, I have a friend uh, that I've been talking to uh, her boss, who runs a company that provides respirators around the world. In fact, they're the largest respirator provider. Uh, he'll be on NBC tonight. She told me some things of why it's so important right now to flatten the curve. We'll talk about that. Don't forget you can reach out to us doesn't have to be about real estate. Just reach out to us. All right. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. I've had a lot of people reach out to me. They just, they need a friend. They need someone to talk to. And you hear a voice. They feel isolated. So reach out. I'll be your friend. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Nothing to do with the real estate. Just reach out to me. And I'll reach back. It's Ron and Don show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. Well, here we go. It's spring in the Pacific Northwest, and you know what that means. It is the biggest tire sale of the year, and it's going on at Les Schwab right now at all their 85 locations throughout Western Washington. Yeah, right now you can save up to $110 on select passenger and light truck tires. That includes the reputation tires exclusively at Les Schwab. These tires are designed for driving in the Northwest with better wet handling, all-season traction, and a comfortable ride. Yeah, here's what you want to do. To find a Les Schwab tire location near you, and chances are they're right there in your neighborhood, all you have to do is go to LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com, and you can schedule your next visit right now, or you can stop by any of their 85 locations to check out the spring tire sale that is happening, all right? So this is what we want you to do. We want you to stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center, walk in there, say, Ron and Don sent me, and we are here for the biggest tire sale of the year. All right? Les Schwab, let's say it together, doing the right thing. You know it matters. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show. New episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday in your favorite podcast app. All right, so Ron and Don Show, episode number 80, and uh, we are Seattleites, and we are so proud of that. We really are. And as the rest of the world watches, and the rest of the country watches, we see an old WSU Cougar. An old WSU Cougar, who used to be the mascot. So you know what? I'll help out with this pandemic. I don't know if you saw that in the paper or not. He's like, use me. I'll be one of the 45 here in Seattle. Let's start testing and let's find a cure or let's find some prevention. And he said, whatever you got to do, stick me in a lab, stick a needle in my arm. It's the spirit of whatever it takes. 
we see and feel that in Seattle right now, a real spirit of whatever it takes. I feel that, don't you? I absolutely feel that. And it is uh, one of those situations where if you're wired like I am and you like to do something, quote unquote, it's very frustrating when doing something is don't do anything. Mm. So uh, like to me, that's that goes cross grain against everything we've ever done in our radio careers as well. When Oso happens, what do you do? You respond to Oso mm. and you go out there and you meet the guys and you help with fundraising and you they need chainsaws. You get them chainsaws and you are there when when the thing earthquake happens in Haiti, you go to Haiti and you take them supplies and you visit with people and you encourage people and you love on people. This particular scenario is happening and the when the order is okay now don't do anything reach out by staying away right so, yeah, yeah. you're you're accomplishing the most by not doing anything very frustrating to me uh and i know that that is to you as well but i think you're right in the people of seattle really setting the tone um for the rest of the country and, and keeping that trying to keep the curve low i think on the east side is specifically if you're within a stone's throw of kirkland washington with the really concentrated like the the covid virus got into that uh, uh care facility for elderly folks and just ravaged it and so you had a disproportionate amount of fatalities right there in kirkland and i think that really rocked Kirkland, Bellevue, uh, Juanita, that, that area in there, because it's just not something that was expected, obviously. Yeah. I, I talked about a previous episode, episode 79, because everyone's looking uh, for something to do. And so what I've done is I just said, hey, and it's a biblical thing. Jesus had 12. He looked out for 12. Uh, so what I've done, and I'm certainly no Jesus. I know that's news to you, and that's probably news to you, Ron, but I've t- picked 12. And there are 12 people that I just check in every day through the course of the day. One of the people that I check in with uh, is a very dear friend of mine who's a realtor. And you know who she is, uh, Ron. Her mom died a year ago. And she had the perfect mother-daughter real estate team on the east side. She contacted me uh, recently. And she said, you're not going to believe where my dad is. After my mom passed... He went into a care facility in Kirkland, and he's in that care facility. Hmm. And I'm not going to say the name of the care facility because I don't think it's fair to the care facility because it's a great facility and great people work there. Just a really bad thing happened in that particular facility, but there's really good people there. And there's really good people there that are showing up each and every day. She cannot go see her father. Can you imagine you are now quarantined in a facility where you know that people that are your neighbors in other beds and other hospital rooms have passed. And you know, there's a possibility that you have the 19, that you have this virus and you're not able to see your loved ones. Uh, you're not able to connect with your daughter and she would love nothing more than to walk in there and hug her dad and see her father. Uh, but she can't do that tonight. So for those of us that still have all our people, and we're sitting at home and we still have the internet and we still have our big screen TV and we can still turn on a podcast and thanks for checking in with Ron and Don. Don't forget that there's people out there that could use a look, a touch, and a word. A look, a touch, and a word. And I really want to encourage you and I'll continue to encourage you. Uh, if you know of a first responder, reach out to them. They are not invincible. 
they need your look, touch, and word too. We talked about flattening the curve, and I want to talk about respirators real quick. Uh, what, what do they mean, Ron, when they say, when we keep, we keep hearing, we, we have to flatten the curve, we have to flatten the curve. Why do we have to flatten the curve? Well, so we don't overwhelm the, the healthcare system. And, and the respirators are, are something that, that are very interesting to me because they consistently are used wrong. And I think people have good intentions about respirators. When you are healthy, and you wear a respirator, you are not doing anything. You, it's not accomplishing what you think it's accomplishing. And in fact, you may be reducing the supply for people that actually need respirators. The, what, the way the respirator works, the one you're, we just picture in our mind's eye, the white covering of your nose and your mouth. If you're infected and you needed to go to the emergency room, you would wear the respirator to keep when you cough or you sneeze or you have a snotty nose, you're keeping that to yourself and not infecting other people. And so by people hoarding and buying up all the respirators that are healthy, thinking it's keeping them safe, you're not keeping yourself safe and you're actually making it more difficult for someone who needs them to wear them. Medical personnel use them because they are around exposure. And so you can get, if there is airborne particles of the COVID virus and you breathe that in, it gets into your lungs, into your respiratory system, you can be infected. So that's why they're using it, uh, but they're in a, in a different environment. And so folks that are, are doing that, I think, are actually doing a disservice to the rest of people if you're just out buying those, wearing those for no apparent reason. Yeah. Also, when it comes to ventilators, right? Uh, a friend just reached out. She works for VOCSN and they create ventilators. And right now, there's a worldwide shortage of ventilators. Her company is stepping up. They'll be on NBC tonight, the president of this company. And they are creating and making as many ventilators as they can. Here's one of the issues, and we saw this overseas and we saw this in China when they ran out of ventilators. They were in a situation where they had to start choosing who gets a ventilator. Who doesn't get a ventilator? If you go and you look at a place like Taiwan, though, they didn't have a problem with ventilators because what they did is they jumped in, they sheltered in place, they flattened the curve, and as a result of that, does this virus still exist in Taiwan? It still exists in Taiwan, and this virus will still exist worldwide for years. But they've been able to flatten the curve. They feel like China is now on the other side of that curve. What's very interesting here in the U.S. is Seattle seems to be the epicenter for the United States. But now we see it jumping to places like Washington, D.C. That probably has a lot to do with New York City. That has a lot to do with air travel and just movement in general because people didn't shelter in place. We haven't flattened the curve. And we have to flatten the here. And, and here's the but, thing. And you look at these European cities and even Asian cities that did complete lockdowns, like in Northern Italy, mm-hmm. they did turn the tide, but it took a while. So there's that lag time of the number of cases versus testing. Like you, you don't test every single person. And so there's this lag time where you need to get more tests. And that, that's been one of the things that's been frustrating here locally in, 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 in across the United, in the United States is feeling like I want to get tested. I can't get tested. I'm getting mixed messages on if there's testing available. And so the number of cases is exponentially more than the number of confirmations because not everybody's being tested. And so I think that those sort of frustrations are, are bubbling 
over. And, and to your point, there have even been requests, I believe, in Germany and some other European countries that are facing this France of going to like big uh, automakers like Ford, of uh, people that have factories and saying, can you guys retool and instead of making cars right now, make ventilators? Similar to what they did, you know, in World War II, where they would just take any factory. You, you guys were making pots and pans before and now you're making battleships they did here's you need to make these parts now and send those to the war effort uh governments are trying to go can we do that now with rapid prototyping with cnc machines if you have 3d printers can we make more ventilators stuff that we need right now instead of whatever consumer product you're making yeah and if you don't think they can do that think about this they went to etzel ford during world war ii the president picked up the phone he said etzel I need bombers, I need bombers, and I need bombers. It's the only way we're going to win this war. I need bombers. And Etzel said, how many bombers do you need? How many B-29s? He said, I need a bomber an hour. A whole airplane. A B-29. Every single hour. Every day. Every damn... Every darn day. And he did it. Created bomber, to bomber, to bomber, after bomber. Can we do that with ventilator after ventilator after ventilator after ventilator? We can. And we should. Because the older people in our society and those with a compromised immune system, they deserve that. The spirit of whatever it takes, whatever you got. We'll come back. We'll do some final thoughts. Episode 80. It's the Ronnie Don Show. Live from the shores of Lake Union in beautiful Seattle, Washington. And boy, are we proud to be Seattleites tonight. Sign up for the nation news at rondonradio.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It is Ron and Don here for our good friends at Les Schwab. They heard your plea. Now you got three, three episodes of the Ron and Don show. Thanks to them. And that's why we're live from the Les Schwab studios. And Ron, why are there all these tires uh, stacked in here? This is incredible, right? Yeah, because it's the Les Schwab spring tire sale. It's one of the biggest sales events of the year at Les Schwab. And right now you can save up to $110 on select passenger and light truck tires, including the reputation tires exclusively at Les Schwab. These tires are designed for driving in the Northwest with better wet handling, all season traction, and a comfortable ride. With those tires, you also get the Les Schwab best tire value promise, including free flat repair, I've taken them up on that. Free pre-trip safety checks and a whole lot more. Yeah, that's what I have on my truck. That's what Ron has on his truck. We only roll with Les Schwab. How do you find one of those 85 locations near you? Just go to LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. Les Schwab, since 1952, you know, doing the right thing, it matters. Hey, it's GeForce O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Oh, episode number 80, The Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network, he's Ron and Don. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for Les Schwab. They heard your plea. Now you have three, three episodes of The Ron and Don Show. It's a spring tire sale. 85 locations to serve you. And look for big things from Les Schwab in the coming months. 
We talked about uh, episode 79 about being the helpers. Mr. Rogers saying, look for the helpers. Les Schwab, since 1952. They personify helping. What's kind of your uh, closing thoughts here on episode 80, Ron? And I know there's a lot of people that are listening in from around the country. They know that we're nine miles from Kirkland, Washington, where a lot of people felt like this whole thing started in the United States. And uh, I'm staring at I-5 right now on a beautiful sunny day in the great Pacific Northwest. And I'm watching a couple cars go by at rush hour. Yeah, my my final thoughts are just trying to think of things long term. This is something that uh, we, we will get through this. There's going to be a heavy cost to pay. Uh, it is something that I, I think we need to be patient with. And then the recovery is also going to take a long time. So, you know, you think of everyone, people have probably been opening up their 401k and seeing dramatic, uh, losses in there. I know that I have, you probably have that hurts. Uh, it, it will recover. It's going to take time. There's going to be businesses that will need to patronize when we're, if you're able. Uh, and so when you just think it's, it's not just today, tomorrow, this week and two weeks, it's probably going to be months and months, if not a year, uh, to sort of rebuild a, a lot of things. And, and when you see someone who had to make very tough choices, whether they had to close a business or move, or maybe they lost a loved one or, or something that happened. Just remember to be kind going forward because there's going to be a lot of tough decisions coming down the road. There's going to be a lot of things happening in our community where it's like, oh, what happened to the what happened to the Euro shop? I used to love that place. Well, it had to close mm. uh, because nobody went there and they had to, the restaurant ban happen. They didn't have delivery, whatever it was. So when you, you see these people be kind uh, and I think just remember that people are struggling right now. And so you're probably struggling and have anxiety, but if we can look up and look out and go, okay, other people are walking a tough path too. And so let me be kind and, and not, you know, take it out on people, all my frustrations. Yes. Say again real quick, because you, you really actually brought comfort to me because I feel fear. We all feel fear. And in those moments where you're feeling fear, like in this moment of uncertainty right now, what, what is it, what is it that, that you do? Oh, well, and this is from a, a psychiatrist, Dr. Judd. You can find his stuff online. Is A, just recognize you're in the loop. And so take a step back, like move back one level and observe yourself and just try to interrupt that loop. Say, I'm in a loop right now. I need to stop. And then for me, it's also recognizing how does it present in your body? Do you, do you get ch- tightness in your chest? Do you hunch your shoulders up? Do you ball your fists? Uh, some people hug themselves as sort of a self-soothing thing. And so if we recognize that behavior, relax, like force your shoulders down, take a bath, uh, do listen to some ambient music, like do something that is going to, uh, you know, help you breathe, go outside, like find a dog, <laughs> pet a dog, like do, do something that's going to release some endorphins into your system. Some of those love chemicals. And, and I think just recognizing it. And even if you have to interrupt yourself 50 times a day of going, okay, I'm, I'm in the loop again. Uh, try not to obsess and uh, just interrupt that thought with some deep breathing. Yeah. We, in, our, in our office, uh, we have a real estate giant. Uh, her name is Diana Terry. Uh, Diana Terry. And I relate to her because she came to Buddhism kind of late in life. 
she's a firecracker man. She she in some ways she's the female version of me. And and there's some Buddhist things that I've kind of adopted later in life too. Uh because if you don't and you're firecrackers like we are, you're not gonna be around when you're ninety years old. So nonetheless, I was looking on her Facebook page today and she's at home. She overbought Perel. And so she is making 50 Perel packages and she's writing 50 letters just because. Diane, I need a bottle. It's she, I'm out over here. And she is just reaching out to people, which I think is really cool. I'm like, man. It's not worried about selling a piece of real estate right now because she'll sell real estate. She's worried about others and comforting others. Real quick, don't want to harp on this. Want to make yourself feel better, and this is a little selfish. Find some people. In real estate, we call it your sphere. Jesus called it his 12. Who's in your sphere? Who's your 12? And just start reaching out to them daily. I have first responders I'm reaching out to. A couple young cops I'm reaching out to. Three people stage four terminal cancer. Guess what? Two of the three of them reach out to me first. Let's see how I was doing. When you have stage four cancer, man, you have an incredible perspective. Uh, Jim Brown right now, Olympia firefighter. We shared his story before. You know what he's doing? He's in eastern Washington. He just took his kids out to the wilderness, and he's camping. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to be here for the next pandemic. Gotta love that. He retires on April 1st. Uh, his retirement party, they say, has been canceled. Jim has just been postponed. I uh, checked in uh, with one of my neighbors, finding stage 4 lung cancer. She has an incredible perspective about this. She sends more love my way and my son's way than probably anybody in the neighborhood. And finally, uh, Gary, our guy, 55. Guy that taught us how to uh, ultra marathon cycle. Just sitting out in Maltby right now. Don, I'm just sitting out of field in Maltby. 55, checking in. Ronda Don, checking out. It's the Ronda Don Show. You keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode number 81. Come on, Seattle. We got this. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not. <laughs>